God bless you. I'm Nelson Rodriguez. Dios le bendiga. Él es Nelson Rodriguez. This is my pastor, Norberto Torres Jr. Yo soy el pastor, Norberto Torres Jr. I am the men's servant leader here at Refugio City Church. Él es el líder de servicio de los hombres aquí en Refugio City Church. And this week we're going to be showing part two of the conversation. Y esta semana vamos a enseñar la parte dos de la conversación. Um, I want to take this time out to thank everyone who's been viewing it. Eh, quiero de darle gracias a todas las personas que han estado mirando esto also been sharing it. y también lo han estado compartiendo cuando lo subimos eh, la semana pasada eh, recibí muchos mensajes And it's all for the glory of God. y todo es para la gloria del Señor As I mentioned last week, it's a three -part series. como mencioné la semana pasada son tres partes so this is part two. esta es la parte dos Again, our prayer is that it may bring hope again to your life. Y nuevamente nuestra oración es que esto pueda traer eh, esperanza nuevamente a su vida. And bring clarity to y you. Y pueda traer claridad hacia ustedes. Remember, subscribe. Uh, eh, suscríbanse. But also share. Pero también compartan. Don't keep all the good things to yourself. Eh, no, no mantengan todas las cosas buenas para ustedes solamente. Well, some things not. This one share, please. Pero por lo menos esta la pueden compartir. Amen. God bless you. Así que Dios le bendiga. Wow. I, I've read that chapter a lot, and I never saw it this way until right now. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, wow. I... Uh, go ahead, Tell. You was going to say... No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> I... I, I <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I absolutely love the position I'm in right now to just listen. That is wisdom. It's wisdom. You know, there's so many buzzwords and key things that you guys are saying. That's just, my, my brain is just going crazy. Just going Ooh. crazy. <laughs> and so. I'm, I was like, okay, whoa, that's, but, um, wow. You know, and, and it's, I hate to uh, make generalizations, but when you think of a general, stereotypical male role it's a big part of why men oftentimes suffer in silence yeah you know, it's it's we, we we we've almost been indoctrinated to 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 just when we feel to shut it down you know we tell we tell our sons man up so you're you, you, a three-year-old to man up you you're three you can't man up you, you just try to <laughs> <laughs> you know you just recently stopped eating off the floor you know, right. so we, right. we, all these things are conditioning. And when you take that, that pattern of suppressing your emotion, doing everything possible to not be vulnerable, and now you're wow. encountered with the most painful emotional suitcase of emotions that you've ever experienced, you do yeah. what most people do in that situation. You avoid, you escape, you run, you distract. You know, so it feels better in that moment, but it doesn't last. So you need more distraction, more escapism. You feel better, but it doesn't last, you know? And from a clinical standpoint, this concerns me because this is where you see high rates of suicide in men. So you might not hear a lot of men talking about depression or getting treatment for depression, but 80% of uh, people who commit suicide and complete it are men. So how do the rates of suicide 
be that high, but the rates of diagnosed depression be so low. It's because men Ooh. are suffering in silence. And, 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 and I have to take fault for that because on a clinical standpoint, sometimes we're not asking the right questions. We're looking for, how do you feel? Are you feeling sad? Are you feeling lonely? And depending on how you were raised, a man might never say that, but we're not paying attention to the behaviors. He's isolating. He's hanging out a lot more than he normally do. You know, he's hiding in things. He's hiding in behaviors. And in so many ways, that's just suppressing the pain until it explodes. Wow. You know, so. Yo, yeah. Look, let me just piggyback off of that real quick. I really want to affirm everything that Doc just said, because being a participant in grief, there were those really bad statements of, hey, time will heal. Hey, there's going to be a blessing in this. Hey, God never gives you more than you can handle. Hey, you must be strong. Hey, you're holding up well. Hey, look, mm -hmm. you, you never know God's will. Hey, I know how you feel, you know? Let me know if I can. And I think one of the most destructive ones for me was let me know what I can do for you. It's like, I don't mm. know I don't know what I can do for me. Uh, but more appropriate statements is we're looking for what they're feeling. So when I, I thought it would be destructive until somebody came up and told me, you must feel like this pain is never going to end. And then I was mm. like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, wait, I actually, yeah. Or when somebody said, this is really painful. Yeah, you're right. It started connecting to the emotions or somebody telling me, look, you don't have to be strong. This this looks like more than than we could handle. And and you think it's pessimistic, but you start connecting and you give me an outlet for me to not have to suppress my feeling because now I know that it's okay for me not to have to handle it. And the truth is that I don't know who taught us, and I think it's it's a trend of, and I don't want to make generalizations either, but it's a trend of, of men in general not having a very good biblical understanding. Like when you think about who in the house reads the Bible more, a lot of people would say, oh, it's the wife. It's the wife to the children or something like that. It, it tends to happen. You don't want to make that generalization, but trust me, statistically, it's true. That's why churches are more filled with women than they are with men. But And, and so our, our lack of, of biblical understanding taught us men, some of us, at least me at the beginning, was that God will never give you more than you can handle. And, and, and that could, I mean, that's not even biblical. Like the Bible says that um, when someone is tempted, um, understand that God will never leave you to be tempted more than what you can bear. There is no temptation to man that is unknown. Um, but for every temptation, God provides a way out. So the truth is you will never be tempted beyond what you can bear, but you will have to carry in life more than you can bear for you to learn to allow God to carry. And, and I think that that's very, very important to be able to ask the correct questions, because when you're a man and you feel like you're carrying more than you can bear, there's that conflict in your mind where it's like, wait, no, 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 I can do this because God will never give me more than I can bear. No, yes, he can. Because he wants to carry that for you. But I, I, yeah, I could not affirm what Dr. Thiel was saying enough. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to connect and to not, not suppress. That, that's, that's, that's so true. That is true. Um, you know, I feel, I feel that that leads to the next question. Well, the next two questions is that 
the doctor said, you know, we, we're more, we deal with it. We tend to deal with it more in silence, more like within ourselves. So it is safe to say, as I opened up that men grief different than women, women are more, they tend to express it more what they're feeling. For example, you go to a funeral, the ones who are crying the loudest are the women, the ones who are, you know, all over the place and letting it out. But then the man, you might hear him, but then it's like our culture taught us, you know, what we, what we learned was that man up, like you said, at three years old, man up, don't, you know, men don't cry. So is it safe to say that we do grief different? Not saying that we don't grief, we just grief different. Eli. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> that's, that's my... Kim, I was like, nah, you, you spoke <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's, um, that's, I mean, that's definite, man. That, that goes with, with everything. That goes with a conversation. That goes with an argument. That goes with, with whatever issues. Uh, I'm married. I have two kids. Um, you know, I got bills and that goes with everything, you know, um, something happens in the family, my wife will, will express herself a little bit more than I will. And I'll just say, yeah, or I say, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's horrible or, you know, very, very minimal in the way that I express myself. And it's part of who I am though. Like, I don't, I don't really like to to say my feelings very much really but uh it's definitely different it's definitely different um when you're talking about you know a a child when you're talking about a a husband when you're talking about uh whatever i think yeah definitely different definitely different i don't think in a bad way um because also I don't want to say that it's okay for the man not to cry and not to weep and not to yell, you know, uh, not to, to moan and groan because I think there should be someone to be around, to be that pillar, to be that pillar while everybody else is, you know, quote unquote, losing it. There has to be someone there to keep it all together. You know, an example is my dad, when my, when my grand, when his mom passed years ago, I went to Puerto Rico and, and the family, of course, and, and, you know, people, it was, it was pretty sad, man. It was pretty sad. And, um, and it was something that I hadn't seen before. And my dad was strong, man. My dad, you know, keep kept it together. My dad kept it together. But, but, when we went back to the house, everybody does their thing. Everybody's, you know, everybody's settled. And I'm a night owl, so I'm up. I go to, to go to the bathroom. And I see my dad in the hallway, broke down and crying. He's trying not to cry hard, but he's crying. You know, so I think looking at my dad, I think that he knew 
when to let it go because he also knew that he was a pillar within the family. And being that my dad was the first to, to, to come to Christ and a lot of his brothers and sisters look up to him as far as that is concerned, as far as um, like someone to, to kind of guide him the right way, uh, help them out. Uh, they're very respectful to my dad in that manner. I, I think he, he knew that he had to kind of be the pillar and, and, um, but he did, he did, he did grieve in his, in his own way. And he did let it out because I, I, I felt really bad for him. And I went over and gave him a hug, but I saw that and I respected that man. You know, I respected that. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. I don't, I don't know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, women and, and men, totally different men and children totally different you know i mean i I don't have awesome theologian stuff like uh pastor jorge or or some md stuff like the doctor i'm just a regular (laughs) dude man me (laughs) but um same same so now i'll give you the the floor doctor you know with that with that question you know men and women the difference or or you know do they grieve different? It's a tough question. And it's a tough question because you have, I try not to label, you know, so my brain is wired to, to see things in an individualized way because there are men who can grieve, like what we would classically say is, is, is feminine, just like, there's men who deal with situations classically, like how we would say a female would, would, would respond. And there are some women who deal with things emotionally in ways where we will classically say a man will respond, right? So that's the correct answer. <laughs> now, not to get to, not, not to get. And I'm- <laughs> <laughs> not to get not to get to the answer that Nelson wants me to go a little bit more into, which is generally is there some differences? And I think there are some differences. And I a lot of it has to do with the way we are conditioned and domesticated as men versus women. And that also has some cultural bias as well. Right? So if we're, we're if so if we're talking about traditional African American Hispanic men, there are some 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 difference in how I have seen them grieve clinically, right? So, and it's and it's an interesting distinction because at the end, it's how do you how do you how do you become comfortable with being vulnerable, you know? And I think even before the grief, even before having to deal with pain, a lot of times classically we're uncomfortable with being vulnerable. You know, we see vulnerability as a weakness, you know, versus seeing vulnerability for what it really is. It's actually probably one of the most courageous things you can do, you know, to do what Eli's dad did to just break down. That's courage, you know, but to also withhold that emotion just to be there and be a pillow of hope and strength for his family. That's courage, too. 
you know so it's it sometimes we want to pin a hole and say well guys doing it that way is is just negative but sometimes it's also a very unselfish thing to do because your role as as that as the father as the head is important to you you know so it's 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 hard it's a hard question but i think ultimately what we are doing tonight goes against a lot of those stereotypes as well because we're talking the answer to grief is to talk is to share your story you know like we said see the opposite side of the pain and realize the love you know one of the analogies i've always given you nelson is you take a, a coin on one side there's pain on the other side is love sometimes it depends on what you're looking at you know if you only see that loss through the through the lens of pain your response to that emotionally is going to be suffering but if you flip that with time because it sometimes takes time and you see your loss through love it's a celebration because there's a lot of people who go through their life who've never experienced love you know so to even experience love for that moment and to have that that profound grief that's the love that's missing in so many people's life you know so the key is to get to that point you know so it's not how we start because there are some women who start crying and 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 showing those emotions that we think are healing at the funeral and at home but it doesn't necessarily mean they're working through it right so it's not where we start is how we end and the end is acceptance the end is love the ex- the end is being able to come out of that situation because that's what grief is you have to go through it but it's how you come out of it you know i love the example that you talked about in terms of the amputation the example that i use is is a four legged stool and one of the the legs are broken or taken away you cannot sit on that stool the same way and sometimes that's what causes a lot more pain and suffering is we want to sit on it the way we've always sat on it but it's no longer the same so we're constantly falling we're constantly re-traumatizing ourselves and the answer is to accept it and maybe put another stool or realize that that's just not that's just the way it's going to be you know but doing it with love that's the answer <laughs>